All right, welcome everybody. My name is Victor, and this is my podcast, Losing Your Religion and Finding Your Faith. And this is part two. I'm joined with my lovely co-host, Natasha. And we just finished a discussion about relationships and the shift that's happening uh, globally in the universe and how that's affecting our relationships now. Uh, the last episode you were talking about, it was brand new to me, so I can't quote her, but was it Uranus? <laughs> <laughs> It was... I, okay, I just say Uranus. Just Uranus. To, just so you don't okay. like, offend anybody, but I don't honestly know how okay. it's supposed to be pronounced. <laughs> there was a big shift, right? And then yeah. now we're shifting into Taurus season. Yeah. Quick yeah. little summary. Yeah. 20 seconds. What were you saying? Okay. <laughs> For Uranus is the planet of transformation. It, it comes and it shakes everything up. It's innovative. It just flips everything upside down. And it was in the first um, sign of Aries for seven years. And just recently, this past year, it moved into Taurus. And it will be there for the next seven years. So this is why we're feeling this weird thing. Or one of the reasons we're feeling this weird thing is we are literally shifting from a focus on me and what do I need to now we. Yeah, so is there, so yeah, we shifted into this this me and now mm -hmm. we again, okay? Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I clearly have gone through that shift. Mm -hmm. There's other people that have gone through that shift. You, and you talked about it on the last episode how uh, there are partners, people in relationships that went through that shift together. Mm -hmm. They still mm -hmm. stuck together mm -hmm. going through that shift. Mm -hmm. um, well, they're working through it. They're working we'll through see. it. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. <laughs> okay, so that shift is taking place. Yeah. Um, and in this we model, um, again, it's going to be important for people to, well, not model, but in this we focus time mm -hmm. where people are looking to engage in relationships again, mm -hmm. uh, it's going to be important for those individuals to know who they are, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. um, that was Uranus and Aries. Yeah. Who am I? What do I need? What's there we go. Yeah. But, so, but the reality is, is that we're only living a lifetime. So then with that said, and this may be off a little bit, mm -hmm. but do you believe then that this is part of us coming back in multiple lifetimes because like I mean it's so close it's not mm -hmm. like somebody passed away I mean maybe I don't know mm -hmm. I don't know these things mm -hmm. but um, that focus of self and then the soul maybe the body dies and then the soul comes back now I, I personally believe? believe that that's my personal belief and, and it really shouldn't be that controversial because if we didn't believe that the soul could come back come back and live again then how is Jesus supposed to come back right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, now he's speaking my language. But Jesus is different. Jesus is the exception. Jesus oh, pre-existed. Yeah, okay. because Jesus... Um, but it's scientifically possible. It's scientifically possible, yes. So there you go. So yes, I believe that. <laughs> yeah, but according to Christian teaching, Jesus uh -huh. is the only one that pre-existed. Okay. So you and I did not pre We came mm -hmm. into this world on your birthday, mm -hmm. according to Christians. So, um, so yeah, Jesus is coming back mm -hmm. as we can live forever once we pass away mm -hmm. um, but your, your your thought and your belief is is that we can come back so we live eternally because we existed there was an eternal existence i mean how deep do you want to go into this oh, oh let's go deep <laughs> let's go <laughs> yeah i want to know yeah um yeah i mean to me again as like a equal parts intuition and science i'm mm -hmm. very left and right brain balanced mm -hmm. it just makes sense to me that this isn't the first go-round yeah you know and um, I've I've had past life regressions mm -hmm. um, past life regression hypnosis I've done some past life regression hypnosis for people whether or not that is an actual past life that they're re-remembering or it's a wonderful imagery um, 
that comes up that tells you a theme that you're supposed to know about a different version of yourself, I don't know who's to know, really. But I know that that sort of thing is valuable. And again, it's like collecting as much information as we can and really being open to multiple perspectives. And that's one of the things that I teach in my workshops every week is multiple perspectives which is how do you hold space for multiple perspectives yeah and which is one of the purposes of this um, podcast is Mm -hmm. to provide that space of provide a platform for multiple perspectives to Mm -hmm. be shared Mm -hmm. Uh, so I did come from a a mindset and a teaching where I did not believe in past life Mm -hmm. um, because again the Christian teaching is that you are born into this world Mm -hmm. um, and then that's when you're the decisions and choices you make that will affect your eternity Um, because if you can come back then the fear of hell doesn't really exist, <laughs> you know? Yeah. But hold on, hold on, I want to pause. Okay, yeah, I'll pause. So, no, so, pause. so um, you were saying that um, with that, is it possible then, because since my um, leaving the church, mm-hmm. like I've, I've ex- learned and um, been exposed to other teachings and other ideas, one particularly I want to get into, not so much soulmates, but I don't mm-hmm. know how familiar you are, with particularly twin flames mm-hmm. and this idea that yes, there is one soul like that mm-hmm. you share with somebody, mm-hmm. and that it's split in two different bodies, and you go through multiple lives together mm-hmm. until you finally get it right. Mm-hmm. So, um, do you believe in a twin flame? That's a great question. I actually was um, listening to an astrologer um, talk about this yesterday, and he says that he thinks it's kind of BS that this whole twin flame thing is um, more about trying to put things into a box like if it's if it's not this twin flame then it can't work because it only and you might have to wait like 20 more lifetimes until you meet them again that's what twin flame teachers teach yeah Yeah. Um, and then I have friends I was telling you about one of my friends uh, earlier today who believe that we have um, like shades of twin flames and (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Yeah, shades. So, like, you meet someone who feels like they ha- kind of have that, the characteristics of a uh-huh. twin flame, but how are you supposed to know that that's, like, your ultimate, yeah. right? And then um, and then maybe maybe not your next relationship, but then another relationship, you're like, wow, this is, like, even deeper mm-hmm. match of yeah. who I... So, I, I don't know. I, I can't answer that question, but I do believe personally, this, again, this is my personal belief, personal experiences... Um, experiences of clients, friends, people that I talk to, um, I think there's a handful, probably a really small handful of people that you can relate to at that sort of intensity mm-hmm. and level. And then again, as a marriage and family therapist, I think we have to be really mindful to look at how some of those notions about twin flame are romanticized when yes. they're actually just toxic, dysfunctional mm-hmm. patterns of relating yeah. that are saying oh but they're my twin flame so yeah so it's interesting and when you get that level of intensity even like if you're um if you're let's say you're in a relationship with a personality disorder person like a narcissist Mm -hmm. the normal rules of human relating don't apply like it's a whole different ball game and so i kind of feel like twin flame is similar because it's not your everyday average relationship so it's like a totally different way of relating that if you say Oh, this is what happened. You tell somebody this is what happened, and then we did this, and you're like, get out, like leave them, uh-huh. like what are you doing? That's crazy. Yeah, but then, so but it's a, it's your there's an intuitive feeling, right? Yeah, a draw there's an that exception you're supposed because to be in that. this is my twin flame. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I've literally so I had someone in my life who 
I was like my twin flame. Mm -hmm. And that was the reason why we compromised on so many things, or at least I should say, speak for myself. Mm -hmm. I tolerated things I would never, ever tolerate. Mm -hmm. And and I remember she used to say, because I would be like, hey, other people are telling me this. I sense this. And she'd Mm -hmm. be like, but you're my twin flame. It's different, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, So, um, however, Mm -hmm. do you believe in soulmates? Because you mentioned in the last episode. Yeah. That they're soulmates. Yeah, for sure. And, how, and then what's the difference then? Um, <clears throat> that's a tough one. I mean, you can spend a couple hours Google searching that one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think, personally, I think uh, a soulmate is somebody that, um, you know, it's not necessarily a romantic relationship. It, mm-hmm. it could be a, a, um, a grandparent and a grandchild. It could be, and they say the same with twin flames. Like, mm-hmm. you can have, you know, twin flames aren't always romantic relationships mm-hmm. either. Um but you just connect. It's like you know that instantly. The minute you meet them, they feel familiar. Yeah. They feel comfortable. You feel like you just yeah. like click, mm-hmm. you know? And I feel like those are soulmates. Um, sometimes even soulmates are people that you could have a, a bit of a tumultuous relationship with, but it, they cause tremendous growth, you know? And, and, mm-hmm. and you're going to, like, I. this is one of the things. I just said this to one of my clients earlier today is... I believe that this person that you just broke up with and is doing and has done all these horrible things on some level is here on some kind of soul mission. If you think about it, I choose to believe that from the spiritual perspective, his soul loves you so much, like his soul loves your soul so much that he even agreed to come down here and be like the biggest jerk in order to get (laughs) you to like grow and push you forward in a way really quickly that is going to blast you into your life purpose here because now he's got to deal with rejection from you and all this other stuff that's just the that's just a choice that's a perspective I choose Mm -hmm. because I feel like it can be helpful and if it feels true to you then it's helpful if it doesn't feel true then it's not helpful it can it can be helpful Mm-hmm. So is also the um, advice that I got when I was a Christian struggling through my marriage mm-hmm. and telling people like, hey, not people, just in general, but just pastors, mm-hmm. hey, I'm unhappy. The advice that I got often was God's not concerned about your happiness. He's concerned mm-hmm. about your holiness. So even though that didn't feel true to me, mm-hmm. it was helpful in the sense that it kept it going, mm-hmm. you know. And so I feel like there's times though where we do say some things that it may keep it going, it may be helpful in that moment, mm-hmm. but it still doesn't work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so for instance like so part of the whole twin flame thing I mm-hmm. part of it I have this little attitude about it because mm-hmm. I've been gone through a rough relationship with mm-hmm. my quote twin flame mm-hmm. um, and I wonder how much of it is just really the law of attraction in a sense because mm-hmm. like the law of attraction teaches that like attracts like and so you find somebody mm-hmm. who's been attracted who, who you attracted into your life mm-hmm. who you vibe with so well mm-hmm. because of the pure nature of the law of attraction mm-hmm. I think it's more it's, I think it's that and more okay yeah, yeah. but so that's why I want to know what is the more what is the more because I haven't found it <laughs> I haven't yeah. seen it. I haven't, I, well, it other than it being romanticized I've heard it on paper to yeah. be more I've read it on the internet mm-hmm. to be to be more but I have not experienced the more I think it's um I think it's like the more is like there's a it's a sole purpose like and mm-hmm. you'll see this if you research twin flames on the internet too it's like you come together mm-hmm. in order to have this experience but your your twin flame yes there's growth that happens through the 
pursuer, distancer, like mm-hmm. what do they call it, runner? The runner, yeah, runner, yeah, yeah, the, the runner. runner, um, runner yeah, distancer. The distancer, yeah, yeah, yeah something so like that. So yeah. in, in therapeutic yeah. terms, we call it the pursuer, distancer. Mm-hmm. Um, but they come around at a time, it's, it's much, I think it's much more than the law of attraction because they come around at a time when you're supposed to join forces and something big is about to happen. So I have someone who probably is, again, I believe maybe in versions of mm-hmm. twin flames, so I don't know that I believe in like one yeah. twin flame. Um, where we dated 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. And at that time, like now I have enough perspective where I can look back. And I, at that time, I had just gone through um, a major depressive episode. I was sort of lost hope, basically, for what my life was supposed to be. It was a really, really dark time. And and at the time, I had a bachelor's in psychology, and I still didn't even recognize I was depressed. I was just very, like, numbed out and just tuned out. And I was not a spiritual person, per se, back then, because I was in that phase where I was rejecting the religion that was pushed down my throat as a child so I just I, I had God trauma like I had God pain I couldn't even hear the word God without like you know yeah. like having a, a response and so my, uh, my 20s were kind of like moving away from that until I, I allowed it to like come back to me in a different way but this person that came around showed up right after I kind of got myself pulled myself out of that depression and, and started to learn and the way I pulled myself out was nutrition and yoga and self-love and self-compassion and this these holistic methods which is why I'm doing what I do now mm-hmm. and so going I had to go through that experience to really find my deeper passion purpose calling what I'm really good at and having healed myself through that I had to come and get credentials to help other people go through that but he arrived at just that time where I was still kind of vulnerable and I was unsure like moving into this huge like life purpose mm-hmm. huge life purpose right and he came and just loved me like just it was just yeah. like it was what just you like, needed in that moment it yeah. was, so the, the more was um, there was a mission um, even though the relationship mm-hmm. did not last forever mm-hmm. the purpose in accelerating your growth like took place right yeah and it gets even weirder than that because um, Think about how much I want to share personally. Well, yeah, it's up to you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm just I put my business all out yeah. there. No, I, I, uh, I'm trying to think about. It. I, I actually published this story in a in a book. It's called. It's on Amazon. It's called Dare to Be Authentic, Volume Two, and my story is in there about. Um, it's called, you know, about my experience of like learning to love myself again mm-hmm. and pull myself out of that situation. But I wrote it. I wrote that chapter as I was going through my divorce, so this is the part two that you get to see mm, now. Sure. But I talk about this person in that book because um, I felt like uh, I needed to have someone on my team. I was very like alone and isolated and, and whatever, and that facilitated my my blossoming. And then the relationship ended when I moved here because mm-hmm. it wasn't gonna he wasn't gonna come here, and I was sure that this was my next you know yeah. journey um, but interestingly enough when I was going through my divorce and I was going through now my next biggest crisis slash awakening mm-hmm. of my life he was visiting me in my dreams hmm. so every night I was having a dream about him 
And mm-hmm. so I feel like, again, on a soul level, he didn't even, he's probably not even aware of this, but his, some portion of his soul was coming and trying to like save me again and be like, yeah. come on, you're coming this, you're doing this, you yeah. know? And I didn't even have to communicate with him. Mm-hmm. Like I could do it Yeah. from a, like I feel like the dream level, the soul level, mm-hmm. and he reminded me what it felt like to be deeply loved because I'd forgotten because that's not yeah. the love I got in my marriage. Yeah, yeah. And I was married for seven years. We were together for probably about 10 and um, I forgot. Mm-hmm. I was so used to tolerating the level of love that I had. Mm-hmm. Not that my husband didn't love me, but it wasn't yeah. the, the, the kind, it was different. And was so different, yeah. when I remembered what that felt like, I was like, wow, what have I been doing? And it kind of opened my eyes. And so interestingly enough, tied into this is I did have an encounter with Jesus as well. Mm. <laughs> so you're, do you want to hear it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> I will, so th- Jesus is your twin flame. <laughs> <laughs> is that what you said? <laughs> no, not exactly. Okay. Um, but I am going to be sharing this story. It's part of my PhD dissertation. It's what kind of inspired me to study spirituality, sexuality. Basically, um, and it does relate to past lives too. So mm-hmm. I went to this um, uh, conference where I got trained in past life hypnosis for one day because I was being trained as a hypnotherapist and I said well they're not going to train me in my mainstream university how to do past life mm-hmm. hypnotherapy so I'm going to yeah. go to this place and just see what it's all about I was really curious not skeptical mm-hmm. skeptical curious after that weekend it was a spiritual conference things shifted for me and that's when I started seeing the the dreams and yeah. the visions and lots of different synchronicities and then it, I started meditating a lot and one of my meditations um I just, um, I saw these two spirals Mm -hmm. that felt like divine feminine, divine masculine, and then they spiraled together, and then they kind of exploded up into the universe, and then Mm -hmm. Jesus was there. And it was just like, like white light, Mm -hmm. pure unconditional love. Like I felt it. You can describe unconditional love, and I felt it in my body so intensely you're talking about peace. Mm-hmm. Like I understand peace, but this was like, mm-hmm. this was like ultimate, like pro- probably the way that they describe heaven. heaven. Yeah, yeah. Yep. that's what it felt like. Wow. And I had this like awareness, like I don't ever need another partner ever again. Mm-hmm. Like I don't, that's not what it's about. Yeah. I can't ever get this feeling from someone else. Yep. Like this is from me and my source. Mm-hmm. Like that's what it is, and and it's that disconnection from your spiritual source that has you feeling lonely or, you know, not satisfied or unloved or whatever. And after that experience, I, um, well, it really messed me up actually because I was blissed out. I was blissed out for a long time. I couldn't do my taxes. Like I couldn't. My left brain was like asleep. I couldn't focus. But everything was like I was like, oh my gosh, lo- life is amazing. Like, <laughs> like look at the birds. Like look at the clouds. And and my business took off. And yeah. I just every like I kept meeting like amazing people, business mm. mentors showing up. It was just like I couldn't believe everything that was happening in my life. Okay. But I was like living in total bliss as my marriage was was being stomped out in this horrible, horrible, bitter contentious divorce right so that was the other part of it Mm -hmm. but I feel like that bliss is that protected me otherwise I don't know what would have Mm -hmm. happened to me but that's when my 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 personal paradigm of relationships shifted for myself 
and that's also what I think helps um, inform my work with clients and and not that I'm trying to push my perspective yeah. on them but I've seen this other perspective so I can see some of the things that they're going going through is really on the surface level okay. and I feel like okay so you're talking about like biblical things and we've seen some 333s already today which yeah. is Christ consciousness number because mm -hmm. Jesus was 33 when yep. he died right so mm -hmm. 333 that's that t whenever I see and that his I think, ministry was only three years long ah okay there you go there's the there's the third three, the third three. <laughs> so and then my at my house where I live um, my parking spot is 333 and so when I first went to look at the apartment I saw that I was like I bet this is going to be the place that it did it sucked me in and I it won't let me go like I've been there for longer than I've lived anywhere in my adult life and um, I feel like when people say Jesus is coming back I wonder if he's already here and it's that unconditional love that Christ consciousness and that awareness that again I don't want to be in a relationship with you because of what you can do for me or give me or the role that you can play but because you love yourself and you know yourself so deeply and you're so connected to your source and I'm connected to my source and we're just going to have like so much fun Amen. doing that together. Preach Natasha. And <laughs> then, but then if you look back uh -huh. to what the Bible says about relationships, what do they say? Put God first. Uh -huh. So it's not really that different. It's just yeah. a different way of Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Practicing, practicing it. it. Yes. And an expression of it is different yeah. according to the knowledge and the conscious nest that they have at that time mm -hmm. so yeah I completely understand that um, I had um, and I agree with you the twin flame that I had in my life man she loved me like she mm -hmm. really did and she had the best intentions in mind and she really I feel similar where you were saying hey he came to help me mm -hmm. like she really helped me in my deepest time of need mm -hmm. you know so for sure um, that's the more aspect of mm -hmm. it where there's almost an assignment that needs to be done mm -hmm. or there's this um, connection you have with this person that they appear when you need them most. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean necessarily that the relationship's gonna last forever mm -hmm. though. Uh, so I'm at a place where right now. your souls are connected Your forever. souls are connected yeah. forever, yeah. So therefore, um, I am at a place now and it's not because I met my twin flame. I don't mm -hmm. even know if really that is my twin flame or not, mm -hmm. but um, I am at a place where I do, I'm okay with things not lasting forever, mm -hmm. you know, and I can end something. I can leave my former employer and not talk, you know, a whole bunch of crap about that employer. Mm -hmm. Like, it was a good experience. Mm -hmm. I can leave a relationship and not have to badmouth the woman, you know. Mm -hmm. I'm okay with relationships coming to an end. So, therefore, um, when relationships begin to come to an end, um, and they usually come to an end sometimes because of bad things happening, mm -hmm. you know, like mm -hmm. it's just not working out. Mm -hmm. And men typically, historically, when men are in a place of chaos, when things aren't working out, they've kind of lashed out in a couple ways through violence, um, through some sort of drowning themselves in entertainment, you know, some mm -hmm. form um, of addiction or pleasure, I should mm -hmm. say. It's lots of times that also can mean sexually, so they'll mm -hmm. cheat or do something like that. Um, I have been guilty of that, like mm -hmm. so filled with so much chaos and like this relationship is not working. I need to, I need to escape somehow. Mm -hmm. You know, I need to, I handle my chaos in a way that will please me, even if it hurts somebody else. I just don't care right now. Mm -hmm. You know, I need to look out, and I've stepped out and cheated. I'm not proud of that at all, but it is what it is. I know why I did, um, and honestly, I wouldn't cheat again in the relationship mm -hmm. just because of the hurt that I brought the other person. Like. Mm -hmm. To, to look somebody in the eye when you cheated on them and you express that like there's no like 
that's not loving first to myself because exactly like, that's what I was gonna say. Yeah, yeah like I don't want to bring that on myself yeah. anymore you know and then much less even somebody else it's just mm -hmm. like man I never want to do that again mm -hmm. um, however we're talking about relationships and they come to an end some people try to still work it out despite mm -hmm. um, infidelity or somebody breaking mm -hmm. trust um, in your practice how do you um, handle that particularly especially in a generation and time now where um, you can be sexually involved with somebody mm -hmm. um, just digitally you know you never mm -hmm. have to like yeah. physically touch them but mm -hmm. you guys get together same time same place every mm -hmm. night mm -hmm. <laughs> you know mm -hmm. um, so how do you handle like that the, um, I guess infidelity in nowadays in this day and age well if you look at it um, again scientifically mm -hmm. all it is is um, something's not right in the relationship either there's too much intensity like too much drama or too much pressure and somebody wants to create a pressure relief valve so they have a third they enter a third person mm -hmm. and then that energy can stable um, stability is in the triangle the triangle mm -hmm. is more stable and so that would be that the person that you cheated with or it could be that you're so distant mm -hmm. and then you bring in that third person to try to you know get that energy moving so if you look at it from that scientific thing it's just a, it's just a natural you know you talked about law of attraction it's just a natural energetic mm -hmm. process mm -hmm. um, I'm not saying it's natural to cheat I'm just saying that it's a symptom of a dysfunctional relating that isn't any different than that third thing could be alcohol that video third, game. yeah video games yeah. pornography it mm -hmm. could be overworking mm -hmm. be never coming home from work you know it could be spending time with friends. So it, in that scientific sense, as a systems therapist, I don't look at infidelity. I look at it first through that lens. Okay. But obviously there's deeper feelings about cheating with a person than a job or yeah, exactly. you know, whatever or else. Or so, yeah. yeah, so that's the humanistic mm. layer now that we look at. And um, some relationships can become stronger and move through that just like any kind of adversity that they face some again going back to like your personality and how you're wired it might have been too deep of a betrayal that you can't ever come back from it yeah um for the person that was cheated on um or the cheater maybe the cheaters like I can't believe I did that like that must mean I, I'm not into that person because I wouldn't do that to somebody yeah. that I was you know exactly. who knows mm -hmm. so there's that and again you know it goes back to personal choice do you want to work through it and try to save the relationship to see if it can get healthier I would say I've known of several relationships that have gone through that it be it gave them the awareness of what their relationship was missing and what they needed and then they're much happier and healthier. Mm -hmm. And I don't think it's natural to not be attracted to another person while you're in a, a committed relationship for a long time. I think yeah. it's just, like people say, um, you know, the people that are more in favor of polyamory, they'll say, we're all polyamorous, it's just the way that we're wired. Well, absolutely, biologically we are, but the heart can be monogamous. Mm -hmm. And so, do you, are you listening to the body? or the heart or are you doing you know you're trying to like rationalize both and then some people are somewhere in between and mm -hmm. it's about how how it's about the integrity and in defining the relationship in whatever way that 
works for both of you. So because yeah. cheating is like cheating on a math test. What is is dishonesty? Is sneaking mm-hmm. around? It's like you know being out of integrity. Yeah. And so if there's a need that gets that needs to be met, mm-hmm. there's a way to do it without doing that unless the one partner's not really open. And I think that's yeah. what drives. And yeah, and like you were saying, um, that does need to be defined within that relationship mm-hmm. because I mean I know couples where it's an open relationship, you know, like mm-hmm. they know, so it's not necessarily cheating mm-hmm. because it's known, hey, I'm in this relationship and since I'm in this relationship, I have needs that you're not gonna meet or mm-hmm. we can meet together as long as you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so but with that though, um, there, so some people are wired, kind of seems like they're wired that way to be, um, I guess, in multiple relationships, sexual relationships at one time. Um, or emotional. Or emotional, mm-hmm. okay. Romantic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, with that being said, how, how does somebody ever get to the point, like, pers- like, how does somebody get to the point where they're just like, all right, this is who I am, mm-hmm. and then do they accept that, and um, either way, you know? Like oh, some people, like monog- monogamous or polyamorous, yes, you mean? Yes, yeah. Um, <sighs> I think it's just, a, again, that process of knowing yourself and mm-hmm. going through experiences and, 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 and I think a big part of it is like um, having permission Yeah. because if you are in a culture or a place that polyamory is absolutely not mm-hmm. you didn't even consider it you're not gonna even think of it as an option so you're not gonna know you know yeah. but you might have like you, you might have a harder time being with you know that one person well, either sexually or romantically and again so here's the other thing with the, this is my own personal yeah that's what I'm asking belief. for okay <laughs> yeah. my own personal uh-huh. belief is um, with in the polyamorous people are going to hate me probably when I say this but I feel like the polyamorous relationships are very stable like they can be very um, uh, safe is because there's a lot of openness and honesty and a lot Mm -hmm. of communication like if you're going to do polyamory like you need more communication like you need you you think about how hard it is to communicate with just one person now you got to do that with however many you add in right Mm -hmm. and you got to make sure everybody's happy but what what was i saying about that intensity yeah when you have polyamory it it it, it's a healthy triangle Mm -hmm. right because it's like less intensity Mm -hmm. but for the people that are monogamous Mm -hmm. like i lean Monogamous. That's yeah. that's just my. That's just who I am. Mm-hmm. I love the intensity. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. I want the intensity. Uh-huh. So that is not really that having. And you mean the intensity within that one partner? And, yeah. I'm more of the same exact way. Yeah. I even said in the preview to this is that uh, the relationships I enjoy most mm-hmm. are the monogamous relationships. Mm-hmm. But it has to be intense, though. <laughs> you know, like, well, you want intense in a good way. Yeah, I mean, intense in a good way, of course. Way too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. But yeah, but yeah, but either way, mm-hmm. I would rather have. I th- I I almost don't want to say this, but I'd almost rather have like bad intensity than than have it be boring or or nothing happening. You know, so that's why men say girls are crazy. <laughs> because exactly that. Like, I want a woman to be like this head over heels over me mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. and then whenever for whatever reason um say she loses security in the relationship mm-hmm. she still her intensity is there it still mm-hmm. it hasn't it hasn't gone anywhere mm-hmm. however it's more toxic or panicking now you yeah know? and yeah. so that's when that's why women get that label 
Yeah. Well, there's a lot of reasons women get that label. Oh, yes. This has been Absolutely. a theme for me this week, too, actually, ironically, the last couple uh -huh. days. But um, part of the reason that we call women crazy is they're speaking their truth, and we're mm -hmm. not very comfortable with hearing women's truth because mm -hmm. they don't have as much voice in society historically, mm -hmm. and so that's one reason. You mentioned security. Mm -hmm. There's a biological reason why women might prioritize security over freedom, yeah. and that is because if we get pregnant, mm -hmm. that's a big investment of our time and energy. Mm -hmm. Like, we need to, we can't do it all by ourselves. We need to mm -hmm. know that we're gonna have support, so we yeah. need to have that security because there's something this is this is not a one-person job, right? Yeah. I mean, it, unfortunately in our society, it is for a lot of women, mm -hmm. but that's not the way that it's supposed to be. Yeah. Whereas men can prioritize freedom over security because they might not even know that there's a baby. You mm -hmm. know, they, they're just there and gone again. Yeah. So it's a, I think there's a biological thing, so you can see why a woman might get panicky. Yeah. It's like a, an urge to be like, oh, this isn't this isn't good. Red flag, yeah. red flag, red flag, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, but what's the other reason why women are labeled crazy? Um, okay, so we t I said uh, speaking their truth. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I, I think that's it's a lot of like. And that's what I'm saying. It comes from that speaking your truth, right? Uh -huh. And but it will never. I don't believe that uh -huh. a man would label a woman crazy if she spoke her truth in a non-crazy way. <laughs> okay, 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 yeah. Thank you for saying that. Okay, well, okay, men and women are just as emotional. Mm -hmm. We have just as intense of emotions. We just are socialized to express them differently. Yeah. And we process them differently. We have mm -hmm. different brain wiring. Um, and so women, um, Mama Gina, Regina Thomas Howard, have mm -hmm. you heard of her, Mama Gina, no. School of Womanly Arts? Mm -hmm. Okay, there's a book um, I recommend to everybody, men and women, to read. It's called Pussy, a Reclamation. And I saw that actually. You have that book in your house, oh, huh? Yeah, yeah I did say it. Because pussy is in big words. Yeah. <laughs> <So funny. laughs> That's the name what of the is book. This book about? Well, here's. No, yeah, so she. Yeah, images, her book is really about how to thrive in a patriarchy as a woman. Mm -hmm. And she came out with this book the same week that Trump was talking about grabbing by the pussy, and that was in the news, and then she had the good fortune of her book coming out that same week, and it became a New York Times bestseller. Not Probably not because of that, but it <laughs> yeah. just helped it along. It was divine timing. Yeah. And um, the book is actually quite spiritual as well, mm -hmm. in a totally different way, so depending on your viewers, they're gonna love it or hate it. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it, it's about, she says women have 88 keys, mm -hmm. like, a piano mm -hmm. and so we have all of those emotions and all of them deserve to be played and if we were always at middle C mm -hmm. what kind of song would that be yeah okay so there's some people who mm -hmm. just jump on a piano mm -hmm. and just start playing recklessly <laughs> that's called crazy <laughs> okay. you know yes. so it's true. okay okay <laughs> you yeah. can make a beautiful song yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I mean it's about it's a skill. This is a, yes, this is, is emotional intelligence. Yes. This yes. is another workshop Absolutely. I do here. I do I teach emotional intelligence and mm -hmm. so it's about you have to understand you know the emotion, you have to feel the emotions, label them, understand them, see where they're coming from, express them, use them, and then you know, yeah. figure out how to do that. So and then I, I've done videos on this on my Instagram page too, where I say Express the emotion and do your first draft away from the person that you're talking to. So if you're writing the Hold email, on. repeat that one more time. <laughs> <laughs> you do the. You can express your emotion. You do the first draft uh -huh. away from the person that you are 
addressing it to. Mm -hmm. So if you're writing an email, mm -hmm. you write it all out, full emotion, like first draft, and then you do not send that. You sit on it for 24 to 48 hours nice. and go. let it sit. And then you go back once you've calmed down and expressed it because you just had to get it out, right? Mm -hmm. And then you go back and you can edit. Another thing is you, um, there's physical ways. Like I teach mm -hmm. a technique called shaking and dancing and mm -hmm. you just like literally shake the emotion out until there's no charge. Um, I was trained in a, in a modality called bioenergetics. They call it um, grounding, and you take little roller balls, those little mm -hmm. foot massage, and you roll out the muscle tension in your feet, and that actually helps you like ground, and then you can discharge the emotion. And you might do things like hitting the pillows, or hitting the yeah. couch, or slamming your mattress, or screaming into a pillow. These are the, some of the things that you do to get that emotion out. Mm -hmm. And then you have the conversation with your boot, <laughs> like not, that's yeah. your, that's your, your first draft is the yeah. expression, the second draft is. But it's so much easier to just go back to the Bible days and when we were just quiet and submit. <laughs> you thought that, you thought that was going to be funny. <laughs> no, but honestly, I, I, I like what you're saying. Yeah. I have two daughters, you know, uh -huh. and I don't want them to just be quiet and submit. Mm -hmm. You know, I want them to grow, I want them to learn how to have healthy relationships, but it begins with themselves, you mm -hmm. know, and how to exp learn how to express themselves, learn mm -hmm. how to manage their emotions. Mm -hmm. Um, and not be so led and driven purely by their emotions. So mm -hmm. I love what you're saying, mm -hmm. and it does apply to men as well. It absolutely does. Do you want to know how to help them with that as their yeah. dad? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is to all the dads out there. You can um, hold space for their emotions, you know? Yeah. And so you don't have to fix anything, you don't have to make it right, but you honor them. Mm -hmm. And when they, they, they see that you're holding space, you're allowing them to express, you might even guide them. Mm -hmm. you know, of how to express, um, and then you're teaching them that the masculine doesn't get scared and withdraw when, mm -hmm. when she's emotional. Yeah. And then she'll gravitate towards those men who will be able to do the same to her rather awesome. than, you know, the ones that just disappear when things get really mm. crazy. That's good. Thank you for sharing that. I've been trying to practice that. My oldest is 12, so obviously she can, she can express herself much better than my two-year-old. Um, but she says things obviously sometimes are just not comfortable with hearing, but I do remember <laughs> and I have thought that because I, I was raised different, I didn't engage in conversations with mm -hmm. my parents and I definitely didn't express myself. Yeah. It wasn't free. I wasn't free we to just express myself. Yeah, we then. weren't. No. We weren't. Mm -hmm. So, um, even yeah, if you yeah, were absolutely. in a not so religious household, oh, know, yeah. that wasn't the thing back then. Yeah, it wasn't at all. Seen and not heard. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, you're absolutely, I'm, I'm thankful for you sharing that. I mean, she's entering middle school right now, and I mean, there's some things I want to talk to her about, mm -hmm. um, but I want her to know, you know, that she has the freedom to just talk to me, and like you said, mm -hmm. I'm not just going to remove myself and run away, or mm -hmm. try to use my father-like role in her life to just maneuver her one mm -hmm. way or another, mm -hmm. you know, so. Yeah, or like, tell her, like, what to do, or shut her down, or whatever mm -hmm. else, um, for in my, I have a boy and a girl, but my mm -hmm. boy is actually the more feminine energy mm -hmm. one as far as emotions. Like mm -hmm. he feels them really intensely, and then mm -hmm. he, you know, tantrums. So like I have to guide him a yeah. little bit more than my daughter. She kind of holds them in mm -hmm. and is more masculine in her mm -hmm. way of approaching emotions. So it's really interesting. So it's not just daughters, but it's yeah. like looking at those the way that they yeah. handle and express and move through emotions, and just guiding them and letting them know that it's safe to express. Awesome. So um, I know women are looking for that safety, right? Mm -hmm. You want things to be safe. Um, so for those who have not engaged in relationships now because they don't feel like it's safe, mm -hmm. um, what's the best thing to do 
to know like okay is it safe now for me to enter into relationships is it just that trying and seeing if dipping your toes in the water and mm -hmm. seeing if it's the right temperature and then and backing out but then that gets exhausting mm -hmm. even same from a guy standpoint mm -hmm. like it's exhausting you know mm -hmm. I, don't have, I don't have that much time I really don't to mm -hmm. be dipping my toe in every single time somebody's interested that mm -hmm. I'm Find attractive. It's a part-time job trying yeah. to date. Yeah. Yeah. No, I don't. <laughs> and I have enough jobs. Sometimes a full-time job. Yeah. 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 I mean, I don't. It's it's your own um, assessment. Like, mm -hmm. do you feel ready? Do you feel like? I think a, a good thing to ask yourself is if you're wanting to get out there and date, is am I resilient? Like, can I be rejected and it's I'm not going to take it personally? Mm -hmm. Can I? Am I? How am I going to handle those rough? points you know mm -hmm. like I was saying after my divorce I was in no shape to be able to handle that mm -hmm. and so I just didn't I took myself out yeah um, and there's been this whole past year I've really been sitting it out too mm -hmm. because I kind of got into that place where it's, it's been a rough like there's been a lot of <laughs> stuff happening again I mm -hmm. me too and um, just a lot of you know polarization in all areas and yeah. women's empowerment and men not really knowing what how to support or what their place is or they have, most that is huge. Men yeah. have good intentions, I've realized, but mm -hmm. women are still angry, and they're not angry at men. Mm -hmm. They're angry at the patriarchy and then the men that are, and women that are upholding it, you yeah. know? And so... Um, yeah, and we don't know how to support. Yeah, We really exactly. don't. Like, we don't know, what does my support look like, you mm -hmm. know? Um, I can't, like... I found I don't I don't have a uterus or vagina like there's just certain <laughs> things I just can't speak with confidence and yeah. I don't even want to try to attempt so yeah. I don't know how to really support yeah and I don't want to give up my job yeah <laughs> <laughs> well you know you so, learn as you go uh -huh. just like you know that's how I learned how to run my business I couldn't mm -hmm. do a business course I, mm -hmm. I had to, I found a good mentor mm -hmm. and I learned as I went and I and I learned business through relationship you know okay. through that like mentorship so I think you know, you you figure out it's a it's a daily it's a daily moment to moment mindfulness. Mm -hmm. You're like constantly like checking in with yourself. How am I feeling in this moment? Now how am I feeling? Like what do I most need? Like what's good for me? How do I feel you know with this person? Yeah. And, and whether you're like checking into you know your intuition or you're tuning into your heart or whatever, I think your body is a barometer and it'll tell you. Like so, you'll know. So good, and I want that's perfect because. For engaging into relationships now, you know, some people may be following the Bible still, some people may be following the stars or whatever. Um, and is that checking in with your inner self, no matter what you're using as a guide, is mm -hmm. what you just suggest? I mean, because some people, like I said, are using various methods, and mm -hmm. I, I want to talk about every method that's out there because mm -hmm. depending on where you're at in life, one may resonate more with you. Um, yeah. And is that all it is? Is this finding the one that resonates most with you? Mm hmm. I think so, and and maybe I like the idea of using a variety of things. But I'll tell you, your body never lies. Okay. Like your body never lies. If you have, if you're pushing down an emotion long enough, it'll pop up in a symptom. You know, if you get like a men's bodies are different than women's though. Because <laughs> like, I mean, I'm just saying like, a man's body may respond and react mm -hmm. all kinds of different ways. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's when they you get to the point where like people with their little head not their big head yeah, you know yeah, like yeah, yeah. so like what do you mean more specifically of like I mean you're talking about like sexual like like turn being turned on like sexual well, I mean because even being turned on is uh -huh. a feeling you mm -hmm. know I know man I'm just not wired this way I've tried okay 
yeah, I've been with multiple people before, but like it just doesn't feel well with me. I'm just mm-hmm. not wired that way. I mm-hmm. really can't. I mm-hmm. just can't do it. I know other people just do not care. Mm-hmm. Like they can be with three girls in the same day mm-hmm. and just raw does not care. Mm-hmm. You know, they just they're wired that way. I'm just not. Mm-hmm. Like so what do you mean specifically? Uh, can you just expound on that a little bit more? Or like like how you know? Yeah, how you know and listening to your body. If that if that if you're ready to date or if you're ready to be with a particular person. Yes. Yeah. Which one? Um, ready <laughs> in, to date because that's kind of yeah. In general. In general. Yeah, I mean, if you're not okay with going on a date with that guy that's been with three women in three mm-hmm. days, then you. I mean, probably, but she doesn't like, know. <laughs> she doesn't know, but that's you're gonna meet him. Mm-hmm. Like you're gonna meet him at some point if you're on Bumble or. Mm-hmm. Um, what's the other one? Tinder. Tinder. Yeah, yeah. I, I never. Yeah, I heard too many stories. That I never even. <laughs> I was like, I as wasn't a DJ, ready. As See, a that DJ, was... though, I did a couple weddings, Tinder weddings. Uh huh. And so if you Christian No, I know. I know yeah. people meet there, but I don't mm-hmm. I I was Oh people meet. Yeah. All the time. <laughs> <laughs> I just uh, wasn't willing yeah. to it wasn't but that was my own listening to myself. I was That's like, true. that yeah, just I've sounds too rowdy for that. me. Yeah. I did I was on Bumble mm-hmm. for you know, various times and I had great experiences and met incredible people there. So I don't know I don't know if yeah. it's the same or yeah, I don't knock it at all. It personally just doesn't work for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, for one reason is that I feel like I'm just judging people by their looks. Yeah. I don't like to be judged by my looks at all. That's and a whole other so, episode right yeah, there yeah, is definitely. what happens on the dating apps. Yeah. Um, and then this is another theme that I've been talking about with people uh, is this that has to do with old paradigm of relationship, new paradigm is subtle objectification yeah. of each other. Mm-hmm. Women will do it to men and they'll kind of objectify him as like a, a bank or like mm-hmm. a provider or whatever and he'll kind of objectify her as like a, a, a wifey or like a you know trophy, yeah. trophy or you know mm-hmm. or just the mother of his child or yep. you know whatever she's gonna bring his son into the world or whatever mm-hmm. else but it, it that's um, it goes into you know different subtle areas I would think but getting back to your question you're ready to date when you're very like resilient and you mm-hmm. can you know your you have discernment if you see something you don't like you can pivot and you're really good at exiting a situation, I'm telling you, like, for me, being on the dating apps is not about finding a partner at mm-hmm. all. It's about practicing communication skills, knowing myself better. Mm-hmm. Like, um, it's for a lot of people, it's entertainment. They're, they're yeah. bored, <laughs> they're you know? Bored, but most people, I think, on the dating apps aren't even interested in, in really meeting up with someone or mm-hmm. really being in a relationship, they're they're there because they just got out of a relationship, they're broken up, they're feeling rejected, they're needing their ego kind of stroked, they, maybe they're just inter, in, um, interested in like sexting, but not really like mm-hmm. meeting up with someone. I, I think that that's a big portion of mm-hmm. what happens on dating apps. And yet, again, law of attraction, you can mm-hmm. still meet somebody wonderful because you just happen to be those rare, that smaller percentage that are there yeah. for, really wanting to meet a, a, yeah. a, a cool person yeah yeah I remember growing up in the church I was also you don't meet your wife in the club you know because no good people go to the club and I was thinking <laughs> like, I'm a good person and I'm here and but anyways yeah a lot of attraction for sure yeah. alright well Natasha it's been awesome it's been incredible it's been amazing and I know you, um, so you, if you're watching and listening first of all if you um, know somebody that will appreciate this and they would benefit from it make sure you share it with them even share it with somebody who disagrees with it that's fine. <laughs> 
Um, but uh, Natasha will be back on definitely on some future episodes. So thank you so much, Natasha. I appreciate you thank sharing. You for having um, me. And yeah, you did a wonderful job. Oh. And um, thank you. yeah, much blessings to all your business and your practices and all that. Oh. May continue to reach a lot, a lot of people. Thank so. you. Appreciate it. All right. Honored. Thanks, you guys.